one of the best food scenes in the country, right here in Minnesota. And nobody knows it like magazine food critic and James Beard Award finalist Jason DeRussia. Now bringing you the most interesting people and hottest trends. Let's listen in as DeRussia eats. Welcome to episode four of DeRussia Eats. It's your host, Jason DeRussia. And boy, do we have a great one for you today. Two of the greatest talkers in the local food scene, Tim Niver, the owner of Moochie's and St. Dinette in St. Paul. He's also launched his own frozen pizza and frozen lasagna line. It is so delicious. And Mike Brown, one of the original founding trio of Travail Kitchen, an incredible group of restaurants in Robbinsdale that have really changed the face of that suburban Twin Cities town. Now, the main street in Robbinsdale is like a restaurant row, thanks in large part uh, to the innovative, groundbreaking, fun, fun stuff they do at Travail. Two of my favorite people in the local food scene, Tim Niver and Mike Brown, on this episode of DeRussia Eats. Drive time with DeRussia. It is Thursday, and that means it's time for DeRussia Eats. Excited to have a have a personal friend here in studio, Tim Niver, who owns Moochie's and St. Dinette in St. Paul, and also uh, Moochie's Frozen Pizzas. Yes. Got lasagna in the stores, right? Yes. Tim, it's great to have you here. Jason, always a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, I, I say off the top that we're friends. I've gotten some grief over the years because I am a food critic. They're like, you're in the tank for Niver. And yeah. I, I am in the tank for Niver. Why wouldn't you be? <laughs> I mean, we can't be friends because you critique food, please. I mean, I'm not. This isn't the New York Times. When have you, you're the, you're very honest with about all your feelings for anything that I would do if you did, I, I would so. want you to tell me, I dude, so. that's the whole thing. Uh, get better. Right. Yeah. Well, if, what if I were really honest and just, I said, you know what, Niver, your whole bit sucks. Hmm. Well, you know, I'd have to <laughs> probably throw you on the ground and I wrestle so. with you a little bit. It would bit, seem reasonable. Know? Yep. Uh, <laughs> Tim, I... I find you fascinating because, first of all, you're so open and vulnerable as a restaurateur. And often, I think, restaurant owners sort of put, you know, you end up like this, either only talking about food or only talking about business or sort of talking about nothing and just having people come to your place and you want your place to stand for itself. Right. You have always been open about the challenges personally, professionally. Was that a conscious choice by you or is that just your personality? I like I like sharing the experience so that people understand, you know, how things really go. I, I share the same experiences with the employees on the on the inside. I'd like them to know exactly where the business stands. I, you know, uh, full transparency is important and kind of that openness really lends to people I believe trusting us a little more than an average place because they know, you know, like I'm going to shoot them straight and, you know, we're, we're good operators and there's a sincerity with, you know, the way we handle people. So it all kind of comes together in the right way. And, you know, some of the inside parts of the business, especially after these last couple of years, as you all know, is that it's hard. It's very hard. You know, we could have lost everything and we had some help. We're on most of mostly on the other side, but there's still a lot of things that have changed. People have changed. And so those discussions are important because we're all about experiences and people. 
we were just talking about how St. Paul, which is where you are, is coming back, concerts, events, the wild, um, all of that. You know, in the summer you had the Saints. But the way people go to these events has changed. And I know it's changed for me. My wife and I used to go, if we were going out to eat, it potentially could be a three-stop night. Absolutely. One place for cocktails and maybe an appetizer, another place for the main course, a bottle of wine, and then a third place maybe for dessert and another cocktail. Absolutely. And since COVID, it's been one stop. Right. And in major, all major cities, I was just reading about this, major cities are closing down earlier than at, on average. You know, people are still out, but... That our, late our restaurants night, close at nine. It's very, very hard to find spots at certain hours. Mondays, you know, if you're open on Monday in, in this city, a lot of times you're, that's one of your better nights because honestly, there's nothing else nothing open. open. Right. But the economics aren't the same anymore. And it just, you know, you have to be very, very careful about, you know, exposure when you don't know how much people's habits have changed. Cost of food for all of our listeners is going up. Yes. And for, budgets are tight. For Home budgets are tight. For restaurants, same thing is happening. Yes. And, you know, when we're modifying what we offer to make it fit in a structure that, you know, tries to get us back to profitability. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, – uh, there's a lot we're asking of the public kind of quietly by changing these things, you know, come with us and please understand the ride has changed for us too. We're – trying not to give anybody sticker shock, but we're also trying to support the business as it sits today, which is different than it was. Our, my understanding is that generally at a restaurant, the wine and the cocktails are priced at a fairly significant markup and that the food is perhaps not priced at the markup that it should be. So basically your drinks are subsidizing your food. Uh, we talk about this specifically, yes. And then, you know, you really just have to charge what things cost. You know, you you can't mess around with this anymore. You really have to be very careful. You sell 75% of your sales in food, you know, or right. 70%. So you really have to take care of that number. It's just on you, a volume basis you have to make sure that that one's taken care of. And then you're hoping. You're hoping your liquor makes up for any, you, you know, like, uh, like the very costs and that, costs that, and that go that. with the food. Yeah. 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 So if you really paid what you should pay for a burger, for example, for you have an incredible burger at St. Dinette. Great burger. Um, most uh, places, chef type burgers, when you order a burger, you get a burger, not a side or anything like right. that. Right. What, like, what should it really cost? Well, what it does cost $16. Yeah. And, and, you know, like, which we, is pretty reasonable right now. I could change I mean, my beef. I could change my bun. I could change my cheese. I could not do it the way we do it. Right. And compromise and maybe the end to, product and bring the price down. But, you know, if you're dry, our burger is better and distinctive because we pay yeah. to have it be better and distinctive. Right. And so all these meats are dried age. There's three different kinds. And, you know, we can't afford to, I mean, we sell a ton of them at that price too. You know, it's a different product. It's a better product. So you have to believe in that, and it, it can't be about a burger at $16. It can't, it can't right. be because that's what it costs in this place with these lights and that employee, period. period. Tim, Tim Niver is our guest, St. Dinette, Moochie's, two of my favorite restaurants in the Twin Cities. Uh, Tim, you had a location in Minneapolis right. on Lake Street. Yes. And you were concerned that it was haunted? 
Well, cursed? Uh, not cursed. I don't believe in curses. I, I do believe in energy, and I believe that, you know, people talk about curses, and I don't believe in them because I just think this this industry is just so hard as it is, right? You know, what are your chances if you open up a place anyway? And then you get a location that turns a couple people, turns, turns over a couple of times, and then it becomes stigmatized as though the space is bad. And so for me, what, um, and, you know, going through a hard time uh, with Maven before it, which closed unceremoniously, it was a flop and it, you know, it was really, really hard. And then having to flip it into Trattoria in such a kind of wild, Trattoria Muchi in kind of a wild fashion, I, I felt that though there needed to be an energy shift. So I brought somebody in who recognized that there's spirits and stuff in there and in his world. And for me, it was about suspending disbelief. And not, I don't have to believe in everything, but I can have this happen and kind of, you know, approach every single possibility that's out there to help the energy in my space. And so that's what I did. I brought a guy in and he actually closed the portal and sent some spirits away. And he spoke in a foreign tongue for a minute as though his body was being taken over by a, a, a spirit. And I went with it. I just freaking went with it. And it was so much fun, right? Nine of us watching this guy kind of. Get all these spirits out of the building. But, you know, when, when he left, no matter what happened, we all felt as though there was a lightness that came back. And so we were operating in a different plane, whether it was true or not, because we were trying yeah. to reverse, say, you a, a different the, energy. Yeah, You wanted that result. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, uh, what took? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it was real or not. Like I say, I just suspended my disbelief. And we have somebody else who's potentially in contact with, you know, an, another side of things. And I I have to be open to that, man. Survival's, yeah. you know, a, a funny thing. You know, you consider a lot of stuff when you have to make hay. And See, I like that a lot because I think, you know, I'm not the kind of, if you say, like, Derusha, I bet he believes in ghosts. Like, probably not. You're like, that is probably not what you're thinking. But I will say this. Like, I, it's, I love the phrase you use, suspending disbelief. Because that's what it's about for me, in that I'm not arrogant enough to think that I know. I don't know. Maybe there are ghosts. Maybe there are spirits. I don't know. How could I know? The so spirits I... of broadcasters past and here, huh? Oh, my gosh. There are. <laughs> Believe me, in this 100-year-old building, there are spirits all over the place. There are spirits all over the place. Tim Niver is with us. He also hosts a podcast. We are going to listen to a little bit of his podcast, plus talk about the frozen food business and kind of what the future is for Tim Niver yeah, and some of his favorite restaurants around town, too. Lots coming up as to Russia Eats continues here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Tim Niver is our guest on to Russia Eats. You can go support Tim by going to his restaurants, St. Dinette in Lower Town, Moochie's in St. Paul. Uh, and then, of course, Tim would love it if you would go buy some of the Moochie's products that you see in your local grocery stores. Please. Uh, frozen pizzas have been going for how long now? Well, uh, four years. Wow. Yeah, uh, four kinds of uncured pepperoni, uh, regular thick-cut pepperoni, uh, cheese, and a meatball pizza. That meatball pizza is killer. I love it. It's so I love good. It. It's been... Uh, and then you came out with lasagna, which is very popular in the Derusha house. Okay, so it's really you know good. Seth loves your lasagna. I do. And, you know, it is it is built a little differently because of the way, you know, uh, things have to happen for our product to go into stores. But the same exact ingredients are used, and it's handmade uh, by a local company up at Taher 
in Plymouth, and I'll tell you, um, the flavors are really good. We spent a lot of time eating lasagna to make it right. To make it right, yeah. It, the flavors, to me, you're right, the build is different, so yep. it looks a little bit different than yep. what it looks like in the restaurant, but yep. the taste, very similar. It's really, really good. And, you know, I, we know it's a premium product, too, And um, but it's it's all, it's, it's like, like there's what? no antibiotics. I mean, we did everything 19 we could. bucks, something like that, yep. 20 Between bucks Between 22 and $19. Yep. It's a 32-ounce portion, so It's dinner for four. It really is. It's a four, it's four eight-ounce pieces. You may sat, want more than that, but that's because it's sat. good. Yes. Or, or <laughs> one 17-year-old. One. Yeah. Yeah. Depends, you know, and that's the beauty though. There's a they're microwavable and bakeable, so you can take the time to do it, or you can come home. You know, these these family meals at this size, it's, it's really kind of important. If things are convenient anymore, and if I can give you something quality, you know, it's going to cost you a few more bucks than Stouffer's, and it should because it everything should, it yes. absolutely should. So if you want something better that tastes like homemade, this is really like the same stuff my mom made for me when I was a kid. What's it like seeing your products in the local grocery store? It's it's amazing. It's such a it's a fortifying feeling, um, and the local grocery community has been fantastic to me. Wide open, um, being a restaurant guy, you know the way the avenues I take to get product to the stores is kind of different than other people who have been in the business forever. So I get to come in and kind of be niver about it and sell my own stuff, and it's been a it's been a treat. You have a podcast called Niver Niver Land. Niver Niver Land. Uh, you had uh, one of our mutual favorites, uh, Sameh Same. Wadi, uh, who owns World Street and World Street Kitchen and Milk Champ, uh, the ice cream shop. And let's listen to a little bit of the exchange you two had. I don't know what people I, want I, they, as much. I'm telling you, they do. But here's what I want. It, there's like, cl- it's very clear. You don't. I mean, you're telling me you don't know. What do you like? They want that. You're right. The, well, I mean, the masses do. Yeah, the masses do, right? They don't want our pretty shit. That's why I got out of the game. That's why I sling rice bowls, burritos, and ice cream, my G. So, but I don't think this restaurant's fancy. Pretty interesting. You guys were discussing sort of what the masses want. Yeah. And you were noting one of your fellow restaurants right there in Lower Town, which is a Brazilian steakhouse, had yeah. people lined up. Yeah. Or slabs of meat, and you're like, "What's what? Is this what people want?" Well, you know, I it's I hard don't to know, know what they want. want. I, habits have changed so much, right? And we have to be open with ourselves about this. There's, we have to be loud in Lower Town to have people recognize us, despite all of the other noise out there, right? And you know, places are just you know trying to get their feet and figure out exactly where people are. You know, I think for downtown St. Paul, to be quite honest, we had. You know, a bunch of COVID stuff going on until April. Then the weather got nice, and then everybody's outside because we feel still cooped up. So I think, you know, just right now we're starting to get back maybe into this cool weather feel. People start to come out a little bit more, but we still don't know how much because almost everybody's tapered their expenses yeah. and tapered their visits. Right, right. So what does that mean for, you know, can you survive in Lower Town? Well, I'm going to survive in Lower Town, and if, if I can, I won't. But I, the the idea really is is that we have to make more noise than ever. We have to be mm. better than ever. You have to try harder. You have to have a commitment to service, and you have to be kind of out there. Yeah. And that's why I started Niver Niverland, and 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 putting my feelers into the public in a in a little bit different way because we are we are clamoring for attention, and there's a lot of competition still. Everybody's in yeah. the same boat. Yeah. Do you enjoy being? Uh, on 
my side of the microphone? Absolutely. I would yeah. do this for a career. I think you're great at it. Thanks, Jason. And you get, uh, because you know the business, you're able to get your guests to share things that I think they they wouldn't otherwise. Well, they know I know what I'm talking about, too. I'm not saying, you know, I'm within the industry, and I, since I've been open, I feel as though it's easier to approach and kind of, you know, talk about the reality of things because I can, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, I just ask them what's up, man, you know, and they look me in the eyes, and I'm going to get an answer out of them because this is a real convo. I love asking people in the restaurant business about their favorite places to go that aren't their own. And mm. I know you've been trying. Uh, and by the way, we didn't mention kind of your your background. But people, you've been a part of some amazing restaurants here in the Twin Cities. Yeah, some of the best. Aqua V back in the day. Back in the day. And then I had a short stint at a place called Martini Blue, which was fun for a little bit. Uh, Town Talk Diner, Strip Club. That's where we met at Town Talk Diner. Yeah. And then Dinah and then Moochie's. Yeah, it's been amazing. And I also worked at Pronto Ristorante right. back in the Hyatt with the Parasoli Group back back when. Randy Stanley was running Manny's. Could smell cigar smoke out in the hallway. <sighs> Remember? Manly. Very manly. Very <laughs> manly <laughs> times. Yes. Uh, where do you go, you and your wife or you and your kids, where do you go? What are, what are your, some of your favorites? Well, just... Just recently, again, you know, my habits have changed too, so I'm just getting back out there um, to eat. And and the last two trips I made were both to Minneapolis. Kim Tong, uh, somebody that I've worked with uh, at the Town Talk Diner, opened All Saints. And I went there uh, with a former St. Dinette employee, and we had a lovely time. Very sexy room. I was just super impressed by, you know, the little touches. And she's very service-forward, which, of course— we're, we're hanging on to desperately. Yes. And then um, we went to Mr. Paul's uh, recently, too. And what a fun time there. Nick really rolled out the red carpet for me it, and, and Tommy. And it felt like home. Bunch of Town Talk Diner people there. He whisked me into the little po'boy area. And this is at 50th in France. And he died. 50th in France. And, he died. and yeah. then so he was doing a Town Talk tribute. And so he put up a kitchen sink burger and a, an old milkshake that we had on the menu there for Christina. And we're. I mean, it was, it's special. So it's really nice to see, you know, people that I've worked with taking the reins in town and flying with it. And they're both doing really well. I'm super impressed and happy to have, you know, been able to finally get in support, yeah. you know, some of my former protégés. I know it meant a lot to Nick. I saw Nick and Tommy after you had stopped in and to both of them, it meant it was a big deal. Yeah. You're, big you're deal. like the old guy now. You're the, you know, your, your group. Uh, yeah. It's out there, which is kind of fun. It's really fun. Okay, go support Tim and see uh, uh, see his restaurants. And also, uh, you're at Lunds and Byerly's, Kowalski's. Kowalski's, Festival Foods, uh, The Wedge, Linden Hills Co-ops. Good. And some new products coming soon in the soon. frozen pasta. Thank you. Area. Yes. Good stuff. Tim Niver, thank you. Appreciate you, Jason. Russia Eats continues. Here's your host, Jason Russia. I am downtown today at our WCCO studios, and so is our guest for DeRussia Eats. Our guest today is Mike Brown from Travail. Hello. It's great to have you here, Mike. <laughs> great to be here. Mike is sitting at a very low level on a chair. You look <laughs> I like I, a, I made a choice. A very tiny man. <laughs> I made a choice. Should I stand up? I'll stand up. I, I don't know. It's fine either way. Our, right, our, here we go. Here our we go. tables here are, are almost <sighs> like center island. <sighs> Feels yeah. good. I'll do the standing. That feel good. You can sit. I don't, I don't mean to bully you. I like it. I like it. 
It's now you're normal height. Well, <laughs> which isn't very tall at all. Right. Anyway. How tall are you? Well, I used to be five seven, and now I'm, I'm probably shorter than that. I mean, it happens. Yeah. It happens. Travail Kitchen has been uh, just such a spark plug of energy and excitement uh, in the wider culinary community here in the Twin Cities, but certainly in Robbinsdale, where you guys have changed really that downtown Robbinsdale area into Birdtown they call it. Birdtown's like kinda hopping. <laughs> it's better in Birdtown. It is yeah. That's yeah. what they say out there. Uh Travail was your first, mm-hmm. but tell us your story. Twelve years ago. It's been a yeah, it's been a long time. Twelve years of Travail. We're no longer the new kids on the block, that's for sure. You were a bunch of uh, and I remember you telling me the story of you guys kind mm-hmm. of uh, building the restaurant yourself, yeah. Original Travail, twelve years ago. Yeah, back in the day, we we didn't really have much to start with, and it was all kind of self funded from our parents and uh, no and, investors, and uncle, none of that. Yeah, just, just family. We started with seventy five thousand, and uh, we turned a cafe into what Travail was then. Um, and we had food and beer and wine and two thousand dollars in the bank account. So uh, we were outside busking to get people to come in and just eat lunch with us. But um, were you worried in those early uh, days that it was that you were going to lose it all? Well, I remember thinking uh, with my business partners Bob and James, we we're like, you know, all chefs. We're just sitting there and we're like, well, we need to break ten thousand a week or we're going to go under. Hmm. And uh, I know we get really, really close. And then about. Two months in, the article started coming out about us being open as a restaurant, and it started to kind of – it added about 20 to 30 percent, and then that, all of a sudden that kind of became our profit margin. But um, it started with like six people in a dishwasher. So wow. there was just the three of wow. us, three cooks, and then a dishwasher. And the original vision, I think, is why people really got – so, I mean, obviously the quality was terrific, but this idea of taking, you know, sort of some of the – techniques of fine dining but really bringing the fun and bringing it the people so it wouldn't be so like oh this is for rich people or fancies right it was it was more like it it was it was the three of us having a background in fine dining opening up almost like a neighborhood pub like bistronomy whatever it was being called gastro pub type of vibe was 2010 yeah and um and then kind of sneaking these like fine dining style foods into our menu, which wasn't kind of typical, right? You, you go to a yeah. go to a place, you're like, all right, well, maybe I'll get the chicken strips. Maybe I'll get this. What's How is there, what's a beef tartare? Why is that on the menu? Like in 2010, just a, a neighborhood joint you would not normally Never. see. Never, no. Or scallops even, or a beet salad. It's, yeah. It was a lot more, you know, rudimentary style uh, cooking and um, things that you, you would more likely see in like a, uh, a neighborhood setting. But we kind of brought that and um, put it into tasting menu form, um, and, and a, a tasting menu is when you you pay one price, right? And then here you make no choices. <laughs> right. Yeah. Here it Sit comes. back and enjoy the ride. We started with like a uh, a seven to ten course tasting menu. I think it was for two people, and then it and just, it was so cheap. It was like ridiculous. Yeah, it was like thirty five, forty bucks or something like right. that. Shared. It was just uh, you know just come and eat. Just get in here. We'll yeah. we'll, we'll cook for you. Was kind of the idea and. Um, kind of mixing the idea of what it meant to be a server and what it meant to be a cook. We were cooking and serving at the exact same time. So um, bringing it to you, being at the table, finishing courses at the table with you and um, giving people some interaction that they're not normally used to in a, in a yeah. pub atmosphere that you would maybe get in a fine dining atmosphere where somebody would you know, finish a dish or plate a dish for you at the right. table. But, but you wouldn't get that in a, in a suburb at a, at, a, uh, at a pub. Yeah, right. Of course it's, not. 
So Nor would you probably want it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it was one of those things that it kind of came unexpected. Yeah. And we put a lot of um, our own style of hospitality behind it, which is just kind of like this heartfelt connection of we love food. We love having people here. And you're our guest now. So, like, come on in. We want to show you what we got going on. Um, and then it kind of just morphed. Uh, throughout the years, moving from a uh, different building to different building to where we're at now. Mike Brown is with us, uh, one of the founders of Travail. Uh, now you have a beautiful building in downtown Robbinsdale. Yep. Across the street, you have uh, Nouvelle Brewing. Yep. Uh, which, talk to me about that because Pig Ate My Pizza was your pizza restaurant. It was popular. Yep. Uh, and you made a decision to kind of pivot uh, format a bit. So... Pig Ate Pizza had been around for nine years, and the crew that we had on um, and our mindset with pizza, and you do pizza for nine years, you you've, can feel it. You're like, man, we've been cooking pizza for nine years. So right. we wanted to kind of expand Especially when you have the, the caliber of talent that you're attracting are people who could be working at any of the best restaurants in town. Right. And Which thing- that's true of plenty of restaurants that don't get a ton of acclaim or whatever. Right. But the reality is when you have that kind of creativity – like, let's pizza. expand a little bit. Let's find yeah. another way to, like, let's reach different areas of cuisine here. Um, and also just our brewer is, um, his name's Andy Getch. He, he was the chef de cuisine at Travail for about four years. And he had been brewing the entire time we've ever had him uh, on with the company. He's been with us for, like, nine years now. And uh, he, we, we, we said, hey, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to revamp Pig, Yeah. you know, back in the day. And uh, do you want to do this brewing part of this? And he said yes. And. His brewing has blossomed like something I've more than anything in, in our company. I've never, huh. you know, I, I don't know how to brew beer at all. But the taste of uh, people that come in that, that, that taste his beer and us just tasting his beer is, is fantastic. It's really good. And we really yeah. wanted to highlight that, giving it kind of its own title and its own, its own uh, you know, identity. Nouvelle. Nouvelle Brewing. Yep. And the, still many of the pizzas that people love from before are still there. Pick my pizza. You sort of so had much. to, did you have to bring it back? Because I feel like when yeah. I when I first went, <laughs> it was different. Yeah, and the the people sort of said, "No, we want the pizza back. We want pizza." And that's that's you know that's the game you play in the business, right? You're listening to people constantly. Like, is that hard? Know, like, does it make you feel like, oh, we screwed this up? We shouldn't have changed no, it. No, I correlate or? it to everything else that we've ever done. I mean, take for instance the Travail story. We opened as a pub. Our number one selling item when we first opened was a fish and chips, the Broadway butter burger, and then it was like maybe a beet salad or a scallop or something like yeah. that or a steak and pasta. Um, and then it just it morphs. People are like, this is what we want. This is what we want. And you just kind of give them what they want, and you, you do your best version of it. You know, It's interesting because you have to respond to what the, what the audience wants, but you also want to like give your – I mean, anyone out there listening who runs a business has this same tension. You want to give the audience what they want, but you also want to creatively like stimulate and excite your top employees. In- Indeed, and that's the thing. It doesn't always match up. And it's, top, it's from top to bottom, though. Like, it's, you know, it's the people that have been with you for nine years or whatever, the people that have been with you for five years. But it's also, like, the new administrative, you know, uh, person that you brought on that's like, oh, that's such a great idea. Like, to, to, to stimulate them, even though it's maybe an old idea, it's, it's like, all right, how, how does this hit different crowds, right? How does this, how does this dish that I've done many times before that uh, this 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 uh, young cook who has never done it before, been with us for maybe three months. How, look at his reaction. How cool he thinks this is. It's like, all right, let's reinvent some things, you know. But then also, like, you know, take in some other directions so you can excite everybody. Travail 
One of our texters asked me to repeat the yeah. restaurant name. It's yeah. Travail, T-R-A-V-A-I-L, Travail. Nouvelle is across the street. Mm-hmm. Pizzas, beer, more bar food. And just to give a give a shout out to the name, so the travail was came from work, the word work in French, like the work, right? And uh, we brought it to our parents, and they were like trials and travails, like from the like King, King James Bible, right? And I said, well, have you ever owned a restaurant before? <laughs> <laughs> it is that. It is yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and then Nouvelle, um, the name came from uh, Nouvelle Cuisine, which uh, if you're familiar with mm-hmm. is kind of like the the whole wave of, of fresh ingredient cooking that's kind of Americanized but also kind of fusion kind of mixed together into like what's what we all know as like the Thomas Keller era of like restaurants used to be pork chop with a rosemary sprig in the middle. Now it is now it is the fine dining scene is this. It's like, well, we want to try to bring that into like the brewing scene, right? We want to try to bring elements of that into our beer dinners, bring elements of that into our beer itself. Like maybe you see beer this way. Maybe we can add something to it that we can see a little bit differently in a newer style. Fun. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. I want to talk about what Travail has become today, because if it started as a pub <laughs> uh, today, it is more like a palace and it's a much different level of experience. And uh, I want to talk about that and sort of ask what you see. I mean, I think there's a lot of uncertainty right now as to what's going on in restaurants and what those of us who are going out to eat want when we go out to eat. So we'll talk about all of that. Uh, plus, uh, we'll get Mike Brown's favorite places to eat in town that are not his restaurant. Okay. <laughs> so you think of that, and we'll be right back with more to Russia Eats with Mike Brown from the Travail Collective next here on Drive Time. 424 to Russia Eats with Mike Brown. We're just oh. <laughs> we're just trying to figure out like what's what's going to be going on this year in food. <laughs> One of the predictions I made, and it's always you know predictions. What do I know? I don't know. But from covering this industry, mm. I am bullish on high end restaurants because I think people, if they're choosing to go out, right. they want it to be awesome. Yeah, they want that. They're they're not a. Now, look, not everybody can afford to do this, right? Right. But the people who have money, like, things were fine for them during COVID. And sure. and they're they're willing to spend. I worry about, like, some of the more neighborhoody type spots, uh, you know, are because people aren't going out on Tuesdays and Mondays and Wednesdays like they used to. They're still going out, but it's not. It's different. It's different. Mm-hmm. You can feel it. And if you're a regular diner. And you go out on Friday, yep. you're like, what are these guys talking about? Everything's full. Yeah. Well, yeah, when you're there. Yeah, Tuesday through Tuesday through Thursday, a little bit different story. Yeah. Are you feeling that at all? I mean, Travail yeah. is a ticketed experience, so you buy, you sort of buy it when you reserve it. Yeah. Which yeah. was crazy when you started it. But, I mean. And now it's pretty common. Maybe it is polarizing a little more in the sense that, like, I mean, you always wish you could have four Saturdays. Right. Yeah, <laughs> <You> right. <know? laughs> of course. Please. Um, but, you know, Friday, Saturdays, you know, busy, busy days. And then, um, you know, like you, I think you really truly know you're doing doing well when your Wednesdays and Thursdays are filling up and right. and you're not, you know, um, out there like really pushing, pushing hard to try to get those seats filled. Um, it's it's tough because let's just take, for instance, a snow day. Right. It's. You're gonna get hit. Everybody's canceling. Yeah, and not only are they canceling, you know, they're just they're just they're, no, they're, no they're, showing, no showing, and yeah. it's bananas, right? So, um, there's there's things like that that affect it 
honestly, when you say like, is how is it changing, and and that you feel like the the fine dining scene is going to be doing okay because it has always kind of done okay. Um, it's the middle ones. It's the middle restaurants. I think right. that are going to have a tough time. The, the classic sit down, your server shows up, and the bill comes for four people, and it's under one hundred and fifty dollars. Right. Like that type of restaurant. That's what we're talking about. We're neighborhood type restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just harder to hit your margins, you know, because you have to have X amount of people to serve that type of service. One of our texters says, we dined at Travail from the beginning. Love the blue cheese tater tots. Oh, my goodness. Those were iconic. Man. Yes. We should bring them back. That's some old school. That's an old that school. That is old school. Friend right there. That is old school. Um, Travail today is you, you have a signature tasting menu. Yep. You have a basement bar. Mm-hmm. Tell and there's a rooftop scenario as well. So sure. tell me sort of how you've put together what you're really focused on now. So um, the signature tasting menu is like what you, Travail is kind of known for, kind of trying to push the envelope in certain directions with food. Um, it's it's not. I feel like it's not as challenging as it used to be because like I feel like in 2010 beef tartare was a challenge for people. Yeah. I don't think it is anymore. No. I mean, most people are like, oh, I love beef tart. They seek it out now, you know. So yeah. it's things like that where it used to be labeled as a challenging dining experience, but we're just kind of, you know, exploring the fine dining world and we're trying to, you know, add some amusement to it, you know, bring some kind of an excitement of dinner and kind of pull you out of your mind that you're actually eating, you know, at a restaurant. You're more of a more of like a dinner club of of a vibe, right? Or you're eating at someone's home. Give people know? an example of like what you mean by amusement. <laughs> so, uh, for instance, <laughs> pretty much right out of the gate, I think it's the fourth course. There's a risotto course that is actually, it's a race right now between, we have, you know, three large dining tables in the restaurant and, uh, everybody has a, everybody's table has like a, a name, or a team name, right? And it's like, is your team going to beat this team? So are the <laughs> are the Valley Girls going to beat the Bulldogs over here? And the Bulldogs are going roof, 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 you know, right. whatever. And um, and then it's a race between their chefs who are plating at the table, who can actually plate uh, this risotto course the cleanest and the fastest, right? And it's like you guys win, and then everybody gets a oh, a little extra shot or something like that to yeah. to to reward that team. And it's like, well, you don't normally, you know. Do something that uh, no <laughs> <laughs> at a normal restaurant, right? But, uh, to me, like that's always been Travail's normal, you know. Yeah. Um, Do you get pushback from people who are like, "Oh, you guys aren't serious, or you're silly"? Well, Tim, I mean, really, what it is is if never really to our face. Yeah. Um, they but, just tell me, is that? Yeah, no. they'll just say something to somebody, <laughs> and then somebody's like, "Well, you know, somebody said this," and it's like, "Well, that's kind of what we do, though, right?" Like, yeah, we're taking. Fine dining and trying to, you know, elevate it into this in this way where it's approachable, you know. That was kind of always the theme was like how do you make fine dining approachable? Well, put it in a pub atmosphere. That was how we first did it, you know. Yeah. And uh and it started morphing and morphing. It's like, well, how connected can you make this to the guest? So that they forget that they're even dining all together. And the dining experience just becomes, Wow, this is a great dish and wow, this environment is fun, you know. And uh by the time you leave you're like, Oh, do that again. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Brown is with Travail. Last question for you. Uh-oh. You're three. Three. Well, you can get as many as you want. What What are the restaurants you like to eat at that are not your own? Um, anything that Stephen Brown does, uh, which would be your Tilia St. Genevieve. Um, and then uh, I would Julia say- Julia to the uh, hotel restaurant yep. downtown he does, which is nice. And then I did, uh, I, would, I would say uh, Gion, which is, I don't know if you're familiar with mm-hmm. that. 
uh, restaurant over off of 169. Uh, Vietnamese, fantastic. It's my fall restaurant. I go there almost three or four times a, a month. That's a new hope. Yep. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Uh, Muriel. Uh, St. Paul. Yep. Karen awesome. Tomlinson. Karen's the best. We did a pop-up residency with her called Ufta uh, in 2019, and then she went off and opened that spot up, and it is fantastic. Um, who else nice. do I like out there? That's good. That's All right, a, cool. I think that's a great list. <laughs> Mike Brown, thank you for coming in. We appreciate it. Thanks go, for having me. Go visit Go visit Travail. Go visit Nouvelle and Dream Creamery. Yes, uh, of course. It's going to be opening up in May. Opening up in spring, the ice cream uh, and lobster roll restaurant. <laughs> Logical. Logical combo. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the DeRussia Eats podcast. On WCCO Radio, 830 AM, we do conversations with chefs, with farmers, with small business people every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. The podcast is available every week. If you enjoyed what you heard, I would love for you to leave us a review. Give us however many stars you can. I don't know, 10, 20 stars would be nice, five stars, and leave your feedback as well. It really helps us grow and helps support covering the food community here at WCCO Radio and in the DeRussia Eats podcast. If you'd like to email me with an idea or a question about the restaurant scene, you can email jason at odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y dot com, jason at odyssey dot com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the DeRussia Eats podcast. Thanks for listening to DeRussia Eats. Dan Cook is our producer. Jason DeRussia is your host. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. DeRussia Eats is a production of Odyssey.